Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Not the way we hoped it would end, but congratulations to the Broncos winning that preliminary final last night by 42 points to 12 at Suncourt Stadium, booking themselves a place in the NRL Grand Final against the Penrith Panthers, a promoter's dream. Arguably the two best teams in the competition will sort it out next weekend. What a season it's been for the Warriors when you look back on last year. I certainly started the season. I said it last year. How's next year going to be any different to this year? You just couldn't see it. And then along comes Andrew Webster. They do some work with Sean Johnson defensively. He spent some tough times in the wilderness. We were at home. We've been starved by rugby league at home and the crowds turned up, got off to a good start and it's been just this extraordinary story in New Zealand sport. It's been the feel-good story, hasn't it? Part of the New Zealand vernacular now, along with Nick Minnett, is now up the wars. Any time I can think of another sporting analogy that's been brought out consistently over the last 30 years in the odd place, not so much in more recent times as when all-black captain Buck Shelford was sacked and dropped and we had the Bring Back Buck campaign. Up the wars. It's going to be a big part of the New Zealand sporting vocabulary going forward and it's going to be a real statement and signature for the Warriors. Been a bit of discussion around the forward pass uh, Reese Walsh to Selwyn Cobbo and Jordan Ricky scoring the try in the corner. Frustrating, but it's not the reason the Warriors lost. We played our final last week and we just came up against a team that was just that much better than us. However, Gerard Sutton, the referee, should be held accountable for that. I don't mind mistakes, but that was blatant incompetence. Well, the man who called that last night for SENZ, heading heading out for lunch shortly with his fellow commentator Tony Kemp, is Sam Hewitt. He joins us from Brisbane. Afternoon to you, Sam. Welcome. Righto. Good afternoon. Yeah, how's the voice? Yep. Uh, look, relieved probably to uh, to finish the year and <laughs> get a couple of months off. It's uh, yeah, I think I was right at the end of the tether there, but uh, but no, an awesome an awesome awesome atmosphere at Suncorp last night, and probably the reason why the voice is struggling is just simply how loud uh, the fifty thousand fans were. So uh, it was an awesome occasion despite the result, um, and you know that that's that's finals football, uh, which Warriors fans and and players haven't experienced in five years. So awesome to be there, though, Wado. Yeah, in regards to the makeup of the crowd, was there a large was there a large Warriors contingent? Well, there probably wasn't as many as I thought there might be. I mean, certainly when you're walking around Brisbane, there were plenty of jerseys and there were you know the chants were ringing out as people sort of bumped into one another. But when you got inside the ground, there wasn't as many um, as you thought. But the good thing about Suncourt Water, which you, you learn pretty quickly, is given 
that sort of enclosed nature of it, the sound just booms. So when the Warriors fans started the, the Warriors chart, it was loud. I mean, it sounded like a home crowd. So even though there wasn't, you know, uh, they weren't in the majority, certainly when they got the voices going, um, you, you, you felt like you might have been at Mount Smart. Mm. First 18 to 19 minutes, conceded four tries, managed to score a couple ourselves. Um, did we play our final week earlier? Is that the sense you got after the first 15 or 20 minutes? I mean, um, what, what do you take out of the, uh, the start for the Warriors? Yeah, I think in a, in a way, probably yes. I think they weren't nearly as, as clinical as they were last week against the Knights. But, you know, at the same time, you, you have to hand it to Brisbane. This team plays incredibly fast. Um, the way that they dominated the middle of the park. I mean, the offloads, you know, killed the Warriors early. Um, and to be honest, the Warriors looked unfit after about 20 minutes, which they're not, but they looked like that because of just how dominant Brisbane were. So um, whether or not they did play the final last week or whether the step up was just too much for them. I mean, you've got to remember the Knights didn't have um, their first choice spine. And when you saw last night what Ezra Mam and Adam Reynolds are able to do, you know, shifting the ruck from left to right, it was a masterclass. So um, the, the Warriors were, were thoroughly outplayed in that sort of 20-minute period where the Broncos went in for three tries. And, it, I mean, refereeing decisions aside, you couldn't argue with any of those. Um, so I just think they, they struggled to make that step up, which is what finals football requires from every single week. You've got to go up to another level, and they just weren't able to do it last night, unfortunately. Did Brisbane shut down Sean Johnson? Well, they certainly put a lot more kick pressure on him than we saw against the Knights. I don't think his kicking was nearly as, as efficient as it was against Newcastle. So guys like Reese Walsh and Selwyn Cobbo had you know a lot more time than the likes of Caelan Ponger and, uh, and Greg Marju last week. So, yeah, he was quiet, but at the same time, it was a, a Warriors forward pack that was also struggling to go forward. Um, you know, the, the Brisbane pack wanted for a long time, and it's sort of what annoys me a little bit about the conversation that Kevin Walters should win Coach of the Year. They've, they've consistently had one of the best forward packs in the NRL for, for the last three or three to five seasons. They won a wooden spoon with the likes of Payne Haas, Paddy Carrigan, and Tommy Flegler, which is almost embarrassing that they lost with those players in there. So, I mean, that, the, the, the forward pack for the Warriors certainly didn't get enough to give Sean Johnson the platform that he needed, but he was quiet and probably, you know, in a, in a way, disappointing. Yeah, I, I, I think it was also a little unfair that Brisbane do get to play at home in, you know, in these preliminary semi-finals when, you know, Penrith are forced to go away from home to play in a bigger stadium, yet the Broncos do get to play at home. And you can say it's there's not much in it, but, I mean, take the Broncos to Sydney, play them in the Sydney football stadium, and are they going to be as dominant? Yeah. Well, I mean, Suncorp is... You, you, you get a sense of it when you watch State of Origin. You get a sense of it when you do watch the Broncos play week in, week out on TV. But when you go there, like, I mean, you've been to Premier League grounds. Well, Suncourt's probably the best stadium I've ever been to in the, in the Southern Hemisphere. But when you, when you go to Premier League grounds and you're right up against the action, that's what Suncourt's like. We, we were up in the commentary box, you know, right up in the top tier, and we were probably only 20 metres away from the mm. field. You know what I mean? It, 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 they're just right up on top of them. And the... the the sound that echoes throughout that stadium, it, it makes it a very, very difficult place to play for away teams. Mm. And notwithstanding, we're not just talking about finals here, Wado. Brisbane pretty much only played about three or four games outside of Queensland over the course of the season. Madrid Ground was an away game for them. They played the Dolphins a couple of times, which is, quote-unquote, away game for them. So, you know, they, they, they only played a handful of games outside of Sydney. The, the draw for them in 2023 was very, very favourable. But now they have to go down to Acor Stadium and they have to take on Penrith in sort of their backyard. I mean, plenty of Brisbane fans will travel down, but it won't be nearly as hostile 
as what the Warriors experienced last night. Yeah. Okay, Sam, um, we want to try and maintain the momentum in 2024, and we've certainly um, set the platform. Changes to the Warriors, not so much changes. Where are we potentially, where are we weak? What areas do we need to just strengthen up when you look across the squad, when you look at the playing 13? Well, I think uh, this year, um, despite a sort of rapid improvement, you've got to say that the, the sort of edges were, were were struggling defensively at times. And so that's the, obviously the two wingers and the two centres. In 2024, Rogers, Roger Tui coming in. He's going to play in the centres. We've got young Ali Lautoa, who had his debut in the Jared Croker 300th game and had an absolute uh, barn burner. He's also been dominating in New South Wales Cup, so there's an opportunity for him to come in. Um, in terms of the wingers, I mean, yes, I mean, Dallin's broken the record now for the for the most tries in a single season for the Warriors. Um, I think that's probably whether or not they can bring guys in, or whether that's about just you know those guys getting better defensively. I think the edge defence is something that Andrew Webb's is going to target. In terms of everything else, I mean, if Sean Johnson plays how he did this year, next year we're going to be fine. If Samadi Martin you know stays injury free and plays the kind of football he played in the first six weeks will be totally fine. If, if Wade Egan keeps his form, if Lou Harris stays for that, and Fanoa Blake keeps doing what he does, all the signs are there that the, that the team can, can go one better in 2024. There's probably just those, those sort of problem areas on the edges that Andrew Webb still probably want to tidy up ahead of next season. What's the succession plan beyond Sean Johnson? How does the future look behind Sean? Well, we, we talked a lot about that throughout the season and talked about it actually last night with our, with our Aussie commentators from SEN. And the, the problem for Warriors fans is when Andrew Webster was signed on and some of these players came in, the Penrith model was sort of put in place where, you know, you, you start building up a junior program, you get your junior teams back into the SG ball and the New South Wales Cup. And over, say, five years, you bring them through with experienced NRL players so that in five years' time you're doing what Penrith are doing and you've got a team full of young, exciting players who are consistently making finals and potentially going to grand finals. problem for the Warriors is that they had a window open up for them this year. I mean, I, no one was expecting it. I don't think Cam George was expecting it. I don't think Andrew Webster was expecting it. But a, but a window's opened up for them to, to go deep in 2023 and hopefully go one better in 2024. The problem, though, as you mentioned, what I was after 2024, when Tohu Harris retires, when Sean Johnson retires, when a few players are getting older. And don't forget, players will leave. I mean, that is, this is the NRL. Even, even Penrith loses some of its best players to other clubs. So we will lose more players. I think Warriors fans are in for a... A, a tough period post-2024, probably a couple of years of no finals football as they begin to, to rebuild um, what they were, sort of were going to start um, this year. Um, but you've just got to enjoy, I think, what, what came in 2023, what hopefully will come in 2024, and then just, be, just accept that it's going to be a couple of years before we're back there again. There's always been a reluctance, hasn't there? Well, you've sensed there's been a reluctance from Australian players to want to come across here to New Zealand, um, whether um, leaving family, uh, maybe because of you know the fact that it just doesn't have the right winning culture. But Andrew Webster's here now. We've seen what the home fans have done in terms of players into a fortress. Now that Andrew Webster is in charge, we've had the season we've had, and if we can back it up next year, do you sense that things will change, that it will become a lot more desirable to want to maybe come and play for the Warriors? Well, I think that's, I think that happened. That's already sort of started this year. What I, We were talking with Scotty Sattler last night, and he was talking about a couple of boys up on the Gold Coast who um, he's noticed it in the junior programs and, and it's sort of approached them saying, hey, look, do you want me to talk to some clubs? You know, do you want, I can reach out to... Um, you know, I can reach out to Penrith, I can reach out to the Gold Coast, etc. And apparently these young kids said, no, we want to play for the Warriors. 
Um, so that that's already starting, I think, given what the success that they've built. And, and don't forget all the all the youngsters back in New Zealand who have seen, uh, who have experienced this journey in 2023, and, and the game has been revived in New Zealand. They're going to want to, you know, they're, they're going to dream about playing for the Warriors. So I think it's already started. Um, but I think it's, you know, with with Andrew Webster at the helm and and how good he is as a people person. Um, and now that the club is back home and the junior systems are coming through, I think it will shift a little bit. What I think there was always going to be a slight reluctance, but um, Cameron George has made no secret of the fact that if you win games, if you're winning, you're a lot more attractive. And I think that's exactly what it boils down to. No, none of, no one wants to go to the West Tigers at the moment. You know, they're a shambles. No one wants to go to the Dragons because, because they're teams that are losing. Um, it's a pretty simple formula. <laughs> you win and everyone wants to be where you are. So uh, that's just what the Warriors have to continue. OK, Sam, as we said, a remarkable season this year defied all expectation. Anybody that somehow picked this, well, they can go and pick my lotto tickets tomorrow because I think <laughs> I don't think they're telling the truth. Um, when you look back yeah, as the commentator this year, is there one try, one moment that just stands out for you across any game? Yeah, well, I, I I keep coming back to the um, the Sean Johnson field goal against um, the Raiders uh, in extra time at Mount Smart. The, the second time he had played the Raiders, and of course we were up by about three tries, and they scored three tries in the final ten minutes, which you'd look at and go, okay, well that was that's a very disappointing way to finish a game, but it was one. We've got a wee technical issue there with Sam and the phones. Uh, 17 minutes after two. I might just try and get him back. But look, I, I want to get your thoughts on the program on 0800 150 811. That's 0800 150 811. This is your chance, guys. You leagueies out there. What a season it's been. Disappointing last night. They couldn't take a step further. But let's be honest, I think Brisbane, Penrith, clearly the two best teams in the league. Unfair that Brisbane got to play this preliminary semi-final at home simply because they've got a large enough stadium to appease the NRL. It had, had the Warriors had a home advantage, they probably would have had to take theirs to Eden Park as Penrith couldn't play theirs at home. So I think there are a couple of things in favour of the Broncos, but still not significant enough to be the reason why the Broncos won and the Warriors didn't. Have we got you back there, Sam? I don't know what was going on yeah, there. No, um, no, no. So we're just talking about the field goal against Canberra. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you look at that game and you'd think that the ending probably wasn't, you know, that nothing to nothing to um, be happy about, given that we gave up the tries late in the game. But in times gone by, that would have been a Warriors team, I think, that would have lost that game. And just the and, and Andrew Webster told the story about walking down to the pitch to talk to the players. And apparently Sean Johnson and Tori Harris basically waved them away and said, mate, we've got it. Don't worry, we've got it. And that was a, an era of confidence I think that don't think the Warriors have had in a long time. And then, of course, Sean Johnson steps up and hit, hits the game-winning field goal. And uh, that secured top four for the Warriors at the time. So I look at back at that moment. Was also uh, The other one, of course, is the Sharks game with the comeback, but that was much earlier on in the season. But certainly that field goal was one that stuck out and, and gave us that sort of top four spot. Um, and, and we secured it, you know, for, for the for the next five or six rounds heading into finals. So that's a definite highlight for me. Yeah, I think the other legacy by this team, and that is the fact that we're now seeing crowds in this country, and it's been led by the Warriors, removing the barriers. We've always been a little bit inhibited, haven't we, individually and collectively? We've never been a, a, a public or a sporting public that have sort of gone too OTT, almost just a little bit embarrassed to be ourselves. That's not the case yep. now. You're starting to see with Warriors fans what we've seen for a long time in English Premier League football. And it's great to see, and I think it was highlighted probably most last week against Newcastle. 
Yeah, I think that's, even though I, I agree with what you're saying about us being like sort of a bit more conservative, I think there is a part of us that wants that, you know, as oh, sports we want fans. It. And yeah. if we just... We want it. We just, yeah, we haven't had the, I guess, the, the keys to the, to the vehicle, as it were. And, you know, I think you, the, the arguments about, and a lot of it revolves around Super Rugby, but other sports as well, and the arguments about, oh, you know, well, it's too late at night and it's, and it's cold and the stadiums, the food's too expensive and getting to the stadiums too hard. Well, clearly that, that had absolutely no impact on the Warriors in 2023 because it was all the exact same circumstance. It was late, late kickoffs. It was cold nights. It was, you know, expensive food at a stadium uh, that isn't located in the best part of the city, um, yet fans sold it out every single week. So it shows you, Watto, that if the product's right and if the fan engagement is right and the game day experience is right, people will come no matter what. Sam Hewitt, great job this year, mate. Brilliant, and thank you for joining us. Enjoy your flight home and get Kempi to buy your lunch, mate. I'll make sure there's no two-stroke in the Ferrari, Watto, yeah. and uh, always and always appreciate your support, mate, throughout uh, uh, throughout the year and over the years as well. And just remember, better. <laughs> oh well, mate.